I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Cat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to season 14 of The Drive, season 5 here on WIW. And we are sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right once again this season is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. Welcome. Football's here. I'm, I'm just glad to be back. I, I wasn't, it was touch and go for a little bit. Our relationship was fractured doing the show. I know. I know. We uh, went into negotiations with other people. Nobody mm-hmm. else wanted to do the show, so yeah. you're back. That's You're stuck with not me. Not true. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions over at the driveshow.com. And something new this year if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog.net. Now we will start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Well, the Bill Snyder era is finally over at Kansas State. And former North Dakota State coach Chris Kleiman, who won four FCS national titles in five seasons in Fargo, is the new coach. Fitz, what are the biggest obstacles to success facing coach Chris Kleiman? You know, what's very interesting is he moves up to the Big 12 level, and in some ways he's got less overall talent. I think he's got better star power, maybe, maybe. I mean, South North Dakota State puts players in the NFL on a regular basis, but he really lacks depth. He takes over a program that had dwindled uh, on the recruiting trail. Its presence had fallen. Uh, and really Coach Snyder and his staff were not quite getting the the same number of players uh, that they had been in the past. And it was slowly dying on the vine, if you want to say it that way. So it takes up a program that has some very, very good players, and there's one of them. Uh, And, of course, that is Skylar Thompson, the quarterback. And I I tell you what, Scott, they're going to really struggle at times if they get into injuries because there's a couple positions. Scotty Hazleton, the defensive coordinator, talked to us about this uh, last week. If they get defensive injuries at, say, linebacker or the secondary, mm-hmm. they just don't have many bodies. They, they really run thin pretty quickly, and they might have to delve into some true freshmen sooner than they would like to. And, of course, that new rule where you can play a true freshman four or fewer games and they maintain their red shirt could help a team like K-State and KU mm-hmm. because you can supplement uh, in times of trouble. You can throw some new guys in and, and try to get some uh, minutes out, out of them to bridge the gap. Yeah, and, and one question I think that was asked uh, when he was hired, when he was brought in in the first place, recruiting-wise, what is the caliber of a uh, of player that can be expected year after year, especially maybe if the first couple seasons aren't great? Where, where do you think that kind of stands out? You know, it's intriguing because Kleiman really isn't much different than what Coach Snyder was in his philosophy. They did this at North Dakota State. They really are trying to develop players. Now, we saw from their recruiting effort in the little time they had with the 19 class, and now as they moved into 20 with some uh, early commitments. They are getting a little bit better player, a little bit more uh, athletic bodies, a little, you know, just a little bit more. Uh, they're still three stars, but they're higher three stars. You know, it's just not a stagnant star rating. There's actually levels in there. Uh, and I think, uh, like any program, they'll try to stair step that up as they go. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see how that works. The Les Miles era of K State, or excuse me, KU football. <laughs> 
is about to kick off and KU's new coach has been using words such as dominant and championships throughout the offseason. Scott, what do you think Miles is trying to accomplish with such lofty talk? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you really haven't heard a KU coach talk like that. And, you know, I, I think back to Big 12 Media Day where he was asked, how many years is it going to take you to make a New Year's Six Bowl? And I think people chuckled at that question. It's a little bit of a silly question considering uh, just the state of the KU football program for the last decade. But again, this is what Les Miles has talked about. He has made it very clear that the goal is championships. In fact, on the, the kind of the team meeting room on that back wall, they have their goals listed. And number one, right along with Graduating 100% of players is winning national championship. Big 12 championships, a little bit lower, so they would obviously like that too. Huh. But uh, but no, he, he's not shying away from it. And, uh, you know, I think part of what Les Miles has to do to be successful at Kansas is be Les Miles, quite frankly. He's never been a guy that X's and O's some inventive offense that he's going to throw at you and it's just going to, you know, totally baffle you and you just can't schematically figure out, you know, necessarily what they're doing. He relies on the same base concepts. He, he relies on bringing in players that he knows can work, playing tough football. And look, KU has been very aggressive, not only with hires, bringing in guys like Emmett Jones, the wide receivers coach at Texas Tech, uh, who's heralded as a great recruiter, especially a great Texas recruiter. Think about DJ Elliott, defensive coordinator, formerly at Colorado, Kentucky. Uh, you know, another good hire. He's not only been aggressive with those guys, he's been aggressive on the recruiting trail too. KU hadn't landed a four-star Texas high school recruit since 2005. They've already signed one, they've got another committed. So uh, I think that's just kind of the, the way Les Miles is trying to go about this. Is he gonna be a coach that kind of just lets game day evolve with his coordinators, they take care of it, and if a big decision needs to be made, he does it. You know, I, I would think that would be certainly part of it. I think a lot of people are looking for that. Uh, I think the equation changes when Chip Lindsey, your first choice at offensive coordinator, especially, is no longer there, and now it's less caning. But uh, Brent Dearman's another guy that I know they're relying on a little bit. He actually wrote a book on RPOs, so you could say he wrote the book on RPOs. Uh, nice. he, he's going to have a little bit of a role in that offense, too. I, I do think it'll be a case where you're kind of hearing from a little bit of a, you know different voices, maybe like a CEO type thing. Very good. Well, everyone seems to agree that Oklahoma and Texas are the top two teams in the league and will likely play in the Big 12 championship game again. What other teams could displace the two in the conference race? Well, I mean, the votes are clear, and I don't mm -hmm. just think it's homerism with the, the big media types. These are the two best teams yeah. in the league. And if you look at the polls, and I would tend to agree with them, the, the one team that could be an upstart is Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Maybe Iowa State can supplant those teams and sneak in there. I, I don't know. I just don't know if Iowa State has enough, but I, I'm a Matt Campbell believer. In fact, I see some similarities in what he's trying to build in Ames to what Bill Snyder uh, did in Manhattan. And it's kind of that slow stair step up. He's got an experienced uh, quarterback, right? You know, and it's, it's just going to be fun to watch. This conference is chaos, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the poll was pretty easy to look at. They, they had Texas and Oklahoma. Then they had the four other schools with returning coaches. And the four schools with new coaches mm -hmm. were at the bottom of the poll. And it's not going to be that way, is it? It's going to get shuffled. Yeah, no, there's always at least, first of all, one team that just surprises everyone. But, I, I mean, I looked down at that poll. West Virginia got AP top 25 votes. They're replacing a head coach. They're replacing a quarterback who is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation in, in Will Greer. And I just think it's so interesting because Oklahoma State is a team. I, I've seen some people be higher on than others. TCU, yep. another one of those teams. Uh, you know, me personally, I do think it'll be Oklahoma and Texas. And I think they may have a pretty sizable lead even over in Iowa State. I'm, I'm not down on Iowa State, certainly. No. but. I, I think they will clearly establish themselves as the best two teams. I think quarterback play a big reason why there. But no, it, it, there's going to be someone in this conference. There are too many teams that you go around the league and you can find people saying, I like them. There's value you can get if you, if you think they're going to be better than maybe others are saying. Well, 
for now at least the polls are following the talent. Texas has always had talent, it mm -hmm. just hasn't been well coached, and now under Tom Herman, it is well coached. Oklahoma and Texas are the two best and the two most talented teams in this conference. That's really not close in terms of talent. But someone will jump up there, and I think everyone kind of looks to TCU because mm -hmm. Gary Patterson is such an experienced coach, and if he can solve his quarterback issue, which is a big if for any mm -hmm. program, they know he's going to have a good defense. Yeah, think, think about how different the Big 12 is now, just than it was a few. I, I mean, it's still going to be a lot of passing, still going to be whatever, but the, the amount of coaching turnover in the conference is kind of fascinating. Really, I mean, even Lincoln Riley, Tom Herman, you could throw those guys in there too. Yep, very good. Uh, now a quick look at your poll question results, and poll questions are brought to you by Film and 11, your go-fast, look-good, play-hard custom shop. And, of course, we didn't have a poll question, so we will move on to this week's poll. Well, this week's question is how many years will it take the Jayhawks to make a bowl game under less miles and your choices here are a one or two seasons, three seasons is B four seasons or more, which is C and D less is not more. It won't happen. Vote at the driveshow.com. Well, that will do it for this half of the two minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K state on the drive. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. And, of course, the two-minute drill is still sponsored uh, by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Uh, and KU won't have running back Puka Williams for the first game of the season. Scott, how will that change the KU offense against Indiana State? It changes it a lot. I mean, you're not only talking about the Jayhawks' best player, the best player last year. You're talking about, I mean, their best NFL prospect, one of the best players in the Big 12 Conference. This was the preseason first-team All-Big 12 running back last year, a first-team All-Big 12 running back, a guy who was a first-team's all-purpose you know, all player as well. He not only was a threat, you know, obviously in the run game, he had a bunch of receiving yards, a few receiving touchdowns. He even threw a touchdown pass against Oklahoma, and it was a pretty accurate throw. It was probably the most accurate throw a KU quarterback made last year. <laughs> not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. It was a very nice throw, tightrope, kind of down the sideline in the end zone. But, uh, no, obviously when you lose a dynamic player like a Puka Williams, it's, it's got to be everyone by committee. Let's start with the running game. Khalil Herbert is a guy, I mean, you've heard his yeah. name for a long, long time. 291 rushing yards in a game his sophomore season against West Virginia. So that wasn't against some non-conference opponent you've never heard of. Uh, that, that was against a, a pretty decent team at least. So uh, he's a guy who's had production, who's had 20-plus carries in a game a number of different times. That won't be uh, anything unfamiliar for him. I, I think he's number one. Behind him, you have some decent depth. Uh, Velton Gardner is a freshman running back that the team, the players are really high on. They think he's quick and shifty. Uh, you have uh, Dom Williams, another running back who's been around this program a while. and got a lot of unproven weapons on the outside so this may be a game where a guy like Thomas McVitie or Carter Stanley one of the quarterbacks really needs to show hey you know I, I've got control of this team I'm gonna step up and, and lead the offense here. So is this gonna be an offense that runs through Puka typically in the running backs? I would say that not only is that Les Miles MO I think that's what he's gonna have to do at Kansas mm -hmm. and I think he would be willing to adapt and play to his personnel I mentioned RPOs I think that's right. gonna be a huge part of what they do you got to imagine Puka Williams has a great chance not only to lead this team in rushing, I think there's an outside shot he could leave it, lead it in receiving and in return yards. I think wow. he's that kind of playmaker, and that's not a slam on the receivers or anyone else. I just think you want to get him the ball. Well, it seems like he's a good football player. They, they probably, probably need him in every game. <laughs> I, I would agree with you there. Well, 
Last season, Skylar Thompson shared quarterback snaps with Alex Delton, who has since transferred to TCU. Is Thompson ready to be the clear number one quarterback for the Wildcats? And what does he need to do to grow into that role? Oh, he better be. Yeah, <laughs> he, it's his job. And they made it very clear that it's mm -hmm. his job. They have not messed around with this. Chris Kleiman kind of gave him the keys to the offense and in some ways the team. He made a lot of decisions uh, in the uh, summer workouts when coaches couldn't really have any part in it. So uh, they asked Skyler to really take a leadership role. In dealing with Skyler Thompson, every member of the media will tell you this is a completely different young man than we dealt with last year and the year before. He is very relaxed. He seems at peace. Seems to know what he's expected to do and what he needs to do. Now he has to execute it. We've seen glimpses of this guy as being a very, very good quarterback. That he can really make plays both running and throwing. Uh, but he will be asked primarily to throw the ball and manage the offense. They, the quarterbacks do run in this North Dakota State offense uh, that Courtney Messingham has come to run as offense coordinator but not as much as what K-State has done mm -hmm. in the past. The quarterback will not be a battering ram as they tended to become at times in Bill Snyder's offense. Uh, and yet he's gonna have to throw the ball with greater precision, mm -hmm. get to that second, third read, just make better game management decisions and, and really perpetuate drives. And they talk about that a lot, Scott. They talk about you know not taking that risk downfield if it's not there, just go ahead and take the check down. Go ahead and be conservative and make the plays when you can make the plays. And I, I really think that's what makes this offense a little bit different. As K-State was very, very conservative uh, most of the time, and they will go for the home run ball, but they're going to want to kind of spread the field, stretch the field, almost like a spread offense without being a spread mm -hmm. offense. A lot of motion, a lot of shifting, and really try to decipher things pre-snap. And then they'll also be under center. Mm -hmm. Skylar Thompson was never under center last year, and that's, that offers him a chance, as he said, to drop back and start reading that defense before, uh, you know, instead of waiting for the snap to arrive. Yeah, KU will be under center a little bit too, so Weird. A, a little bit of change here. It's, it's a strange world in which we live. As Bill Snyder always said, it always comes full circle. Mm -hmm. And now we step out of bounds, and overtime rules are different this season. The first four overtimes remain the same. God help you if you are in four overtimes. But <laughs> starting with the fifth overtime, each team will simply try a two-point conversion <clears throat> until one team succeeds and the other fails. Uh, good move? Or what change would you like to see with the overtime rules? I, I didn't have a problem with the overtime rules. Obviously, it produced, what, like an eight-overtime right. game last year? I think year. that was the problem right there. <laughs> yeah. the coaches and players did have a problem. Yeah, you can call that the LSU rule and yeah. games that last a long, long time. But... No, I mean, college overtime is obviously going to be different than the NFL. Some people may say it's a little bit gimmicky. And look, it is a little bit gimmicky, but it's fun, right? And, I like and it's, it better than the NFL. Yeah, I, I would agree, too, just because, it, you know, you can talk about, well, it favors this team more to go say first. But it's, hey, the ball's at the same point. You both get a chance. Go see what happens. I, I really like the old rules. I, I don't have – I don't think too many games will be affected by this rule. My two changes mm -hmm. are this. First of all, I hate the fact that you can run up scores and set records for scoring. I think at the end of overtime, whoever has won the overtime should get one point. That's it. You, if it was 27-27 going overtime, mm -hmm. it's 28-27 at the end of overtime. Just do it that way. And also, the 25-yard line. That's a 42-yard field goal. Mm -hmm. That's your typical college kicker. That's his range. I mean, let alone the NFL, but a college kicker, you better be able to kick a 42-yard field goal or you're not very good. So you start in field goal range. Maybe that's fine for the first overtime, but 
start moving it back and, and make it a little more challenging. Yeah. And then maybe add in like a, a giant blade. The, <laughs> you know, so, I don't know. But, you know, it, uh, it, it just, there's too much scoring in overtime. It's too easy. And, and mm -hmm. I'd like to see it, it amped up a little bit. And yeah. four overtimes, just make it three overtimes. They, mm -hmm. If they hadn't been decided, go to the, go to the shoot off. It's like soccer <laughs> now. Yeah, I like to throw a ball, see if you can hit the goalposts. Exactly. I like it. Well, now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is. K-State was picked ninth and KU 10th in the Big 12 preseason poll. Is that fair? Will the Sunflower State, will Sunflower State football become all around awful once again? That's from Joe in Topeka. No. <laughs> if you've lived through how bad it was, it's not going to be nearly that bad. Even if they're ninth and 10th, they will be better teams mm -hmm. than what it was during the toilet bowl days. Yeah, I mean, look, these teams may very well finish ninth and 10th. It's certainly on the table. I don't think it will end up being that way, but we'll see what happens. No, I don't think it will be as bad a product as even you've seen certainly from the KU side in the last few years. Yeah, I, I think someone in this league will come down, mm -hmm. surprise people, and might not BKU finishing 10th, we'll see. I think KSA will finish higher than 9th, mm -hmm. uh, but who knows? There's a reason why they're a pick last. People doubt it, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's right. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will make some predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. And it's time to look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. And remember, please make your weekly predictions over at thedriveshow.com. We need you to participate and be better than us. Well, with the start of a new year and a new season, we're wiping that slate clean. We're not looking back. Well, Tom Keegan was on, on the list still, so we, we don't want to uh, see I brought him up. So now I just screwed that up. <laughs> Now for our first picks of the year, let's start with K-State. Boy, this was not, there's no official line, so <laughs> I, I was the odds maker on this. Mm -hmm. Minus 15 versus a pretty good Nickel State team uh, that I think is top 10 in the FCS. I'm still going to go with K-State. Yeah, K KU fans saw last year, Nickel State can, can sleep, uh, sneak up on you. I, I will take Nickels and, and the underdogs. Uh, so Chris Kleiman, this is how it feels. Mm -hmm. This is exactly how it feels when the uh, FCS team that's pretty good comes into your stadium. Well, next is Kansas minus seven and a half versus Indiana State. Who do you have? I uh, am going to go with KU. And I have very sound reasoning on that. It's that I know who he's going to pick. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to take Indiana State on this one. I do think Kansas, you know, wins, it, wins a close game. Indiana State also ranked in the top 25 FCS coaches poll. This will be an interesting game. It's you don't have Puka Williams for it. I think it'll be a little bit tighter than people think. It wouldn't shock me if the Jayhawks won, but just a little bit closer. Fear the Sycamores. Mm -hmm. Fear the Sycamores. Our last game of the week is Houston plus 23 and a half. So Oklahoma is basically favored by 24 points. Uh, you pick this one first. I know nothing about Houston. I'm ill-prepared for this pick. I'm going to go with Oklahoma. I'll take Houston. And then a fun fact, running back's coach at Houston, former wide receivers coach. Who'd you pick in the first one, Casey or Nichols? I think I took Nichols. Did uh, I take three I underdogs? Know. Yeah, okay. Justin well, Johnson, the well, running back's coach. We're all different in, on these picks, so it's going to be very interesting. Again. 3-0 this week. That means I'm 0-3. Again, make your picks at thedriveshow.com. 
And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. And On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. And let's start with Mr. Scott Chasen of Fog.net. I want to set the stage for the KU program. And whose words better to use than Taylor Swift's? Oh, Her boy. new album just came out, by the oh. way. I know Fitz has been listening a lot to this. So more often than not, it's been nothing but cruel summers and cruel seasons for the Jayhawks since Mark Mangino. But that's why you go get less miles. You go get the man. He's won a championship. He's won the SEC. When it comes to football, I think he knows. And when you're less miles, it's nice to have a friend like DJ Elliott, defensive coordinator, Emmett Jones, the wide receivers coach, and perhaps most of all, Jeff Long, the man who hired him. So far, Miles has big talk of winning championships, and for now, those words are nothing but paper rings. If they materialize, oh, he'll have a statue outside Memorial Stadium. If not, it'll be death by a thousand cuts for a program that has already suffered 10 years worth. For now, the idea of soon you'll get better and daylight on the horizon is reason enough to tell your fellow KU fans, hey, you need to calm down. There are no false gods with KU football, but if Les Miles can bring winning seasons to Lawrence, fans will think back to past coaches and say, I forgot that you existed. All right, let's shake it off. Fitz, have you heard the new Taylor Swift album? Any thoughts to give? This never happened with Keegan. <laughs> he, might, he might quote Jethro Tull, uh, but not Taylor Swift. You know, I, I think it's very interesting that Taylor Swift's album was, I mean, it essentially could have been written for the KU football program. You heard all those song titles. That's 11 of the 18. We snuck 11 of those in there. Uh, let me tell you, folks. We, I he, did. He told me that he had something scripted, which we don't usually do no. with, with our final takes. And, and you know what? I said, okay, this, this should be fun. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Uh, I apologize to all of you <laughs> for what just took place. Oh, no, I think they're going to be fans of this. Okay. Vote at <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to K-State and a little KU in here because I'd like to make a point here. Both teams, both programs have new coaches, new direction, new hope, new optimism, unanswered questions, and a little bit of nervousness in Manhattan. I mean, honestly, Kansas, you've got nowhere to go but up. You've been 10th, and although David Beatty kind of had it moving a little bit at the end, it wasn't enough. And Les Miles inherits that. But at Kansas State, you replace a legend if you're Chris Kleiman, and that's not easy to do. The guy's name is on the stadium. His name is on the highway that leads to the stadium, and his statue is in front of the stadium. And K-State fans are a little uncertain about this. In fact, ticket sales were lagging as uh, the season approached, but now they're beginning to near a sellout for that home opener, that season opener against Nichols State. But my message here to both sets of fans is pretty simple. Get to the stadium. Go support your teams. I don't care if you're a K-State or KU fan. Both programs, both teams, both coaches and their new staffs need your support desperately. That's how you win games. You turn your home field into a home field advantage. And that has happened often at Kansas State, but really not at Kansas since Mark Mangino mm -hmm. left and Taylor Swift arrived. <laughs> so get to the stadium, cheer on your team, have some fun. It's college football, and the best news is it's supposed to be absolutely beautiful for that first weekend of football. So get out and enjoy it. Yeah, perfect timing, a perfect way to kind of put a cap on all of this and take us through the first week of the new season. Well, that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. And remember, you can catch a podcast version of the show now at either one of our websites mm -hmm. on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. And we will see you next week right here with another edition of The Drive and all week on social media.